that time again. Oh yeah. We're here in the powerful nonsense palatial studios. Yeah. Um, on a rather wet but sunny British day. <laughs> Welcome to the Powerful Nonsense Podcast, uh, Episode 7, Why You Need to Sell Emotions, Not Credentials, and sat to my right, my good friend and yours, Jim Yildiz. Hello, Wayne. How's it going? All good. All good stuff. Good, good stuff. Um, so, as I just said, we'll be talking today about uh, why you need to sell emotions and not credentials. We'll be looking at... Um, how to utilize that in job interviews and your CVs um, and, and why you should be using emotions in those situations, as well as um, any products that you're looking to sell or you've created, why you should be selling the emotional impact of those rather than its features or, or anything else. And also link to that, the emotional hooks that might be worth looking into on how you could sell your products as well. So... We'll start with always with a quote. Jem, take it away. Sure. So the first quote, or the beginning quote for today is, people don't buy what you do, they buy why you do it. And what you do simply proves what you believe. By Simon Sinek. Very good. Very, Very powerful good. quote. Yes, I think so. And I think that will actually, uh, we'll, we can talk a little bit more about that when we discuss products later on. Um but although it is still relevant for job interviews, which we'll, we'll start with. Um, so, Jem, let's open up the floor. Let's go. Um, where, why do you think it's important to sell uh, the emotional impact of, of what you do uh, in a job interview? Well, obviously, I want to start off with job interviews because I think, obviously, a lot of uh, young people coming out of education, whether you're a graduate or you've just finished college or something like that, the first thing you're thinking is, okay, I've got to get my CV looking top shape it's got to be looking good I've got to get all my the best grades on there maybe not put the bad ones on there hide that F that you got in religious studies <laughs> not guilty <laughs> and stuff like that and so I think yeah first of all when you come out of your education the first thing you're thinking is okay I need to get my CV looking good mm -hmm. I need to make because I mean I think when when you come out of um, education anyway your CV is that thing that most people believe that's what you're being judged on you're being yeah. you're told that your CV is everything. I mean, most of your education you go through, people saying, look, when you come out and you've got to do your CV and you've got three Fs on there or four Ds or something like that, mm -hmm. suddenly you're you're going to be at the bottom of the pile when those interviews, those um, job applications come up. Yeah. And so I think, yeah, that's why we need to talk about that. We need... <laughs> I basically lost a bit of track of my what I'm trying to say there. But yeah, I think initially when we come out of education, it is the mm -hmm. fact that you have to, people think that you have to make that CV, which is your credentials. Yeah, and I think I think it's important before we go too far into the emotional side of things to state that actually your CV is still very important and your credentials are still very important because they're what's going to get your foot in the door Yeah. Um, with people because at the end of the day, if you're looking to do, uh, I don't know, bioengineering, they're going to want someone with some credentials in mm -hmm. bioengineering as opposed mm -hmm. to someone who hasn't got those credentials. Um, so it's important to have those, but they shouldn't be the focus of uh, you selling your abilities in that respect. Um, well, well, I figure there's a lot of, obviously, as you say, there's a lot of people out there who have great credentials. I mean, loads more people are coming out of university now with degrees and stuff. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, it is that kind of 
you need to have it there. Everyone has those credentials there. Mm -hmm. But because there's such an abundance of these graduates with A's or first mm -hmm. class honours or two ones, stuff like that. Now you have to kind of think, what extra things can I do? And Absolutely. that's what I, I believe what I was trying to say, basically, is that mm -hmm. that's where the emotion is now even more important. Because, yeah, before people would say, oh, yeah, great CV. You can come into my job. That's fine. But now there's so much there's an abundance of those great CVs. So how, emotion is the only way that you can now get even into that interview in the first place. Well, let's face it. Every single industry that exists, particularly in the UK, I don't know what it's like in other countries, but in the UK specifically, every industry that exists is saturated with people that have got a BA or a BSc level degree. Mm -hmm. Absolutely saturated. You can't see the wood for the trees for the amount of people that have got them. And, um, I mean, e you can even get a degree in, I've heard, in Nottingham for a degree in Robin Hood. Okay. So even, <laughs> even the Robin Hood history branch is saturated. I mean, how many Robin Hood historians could one country need? I'm not really sure. <laughs> but the fact that they've got a cause churning them out, every industry that's possible to exist has got an abundance of degrees. Yeah. So now it's the people with the MAs or the MSCs and the PhDs that are getting the attention through credentials. Yeah. But to be at that level of education, let's face it, you need to have some level of financial backing. Definitely. Um, which not everybody has. And so you've got to differentiate yourself from all the people with a bachelor degree. Yeah. Yeah, but I, I, I like to talk about this a lot on my blog, actually, on PowerfulNonsense.com. And I basically say that a lot of this is, what I call it, is basically that sort of education inflation. And it's mm -hmm. like, you say, oh, now you've got to get the masters and the PhDs. But you see these sort of articles in the news all the time about someone who's just come out of their PhD or their doctorate. And now they're working in a cafe or yeah. they're selling coffee in, say, So Costa. even a PhD isn't enough anymore. Exactly. So it's kind of, that's what we're saying. It's saying, okay, everybody's got the grades now. Well done. You got your degree mm -hmm. or you got your master's. And I think a lot of people come out of um, university anyway and they think, okay, everyone's now got a degree. I should go do my master's because I need to have the one up on everyone else. But everyone's got that same mindset anyway. And so we need to kind of stop looking at the grades, stop trying to get another course, mm -hmm. stop trying. Well, I mean, it's always good to learn, yeah. but don't do it just because you think, okay, that's just going to be another little, I don't know, little tick on my CV that will make my CV better than someone yeah. else's. Yeah. Um, so bringing it back to the emotional side then, in comparison to obviously having these credentials on your CV, how should you approach dealing with the emotional side and what you can bring to a team, for example? Um, I mean, obviously we're kind of relating this to work, but I'd like to sort of maybe move it towards the person who's maybe thinking about a business or any sort of connection, really. You mm -hmm. kind of have to think that I mean, when I do work for people, it's always on the basis. I never go in with the sale. I never know what I think most of my clients that I now do work for. None of them have seen my CV. None of them have mm -hmm. seen my first class degree, the certificate. None of them asked me for it because they I just proved I met them. First of all, they were they were attracted to me as a person yeah. in terms of what I could bring to them. And they were convinced that I could bring some value to them. Mm -hmm. And so actually, there's, the emotion was built through them trusting me over mm -hmm. them ever. None of them have seen my degree. None of them know. No, I didn't, well, I said I can make videos. I can do graphics. I can do digital marketing. I don't even have degrees in those particular. I have a degree in video did you, making. Did you present them with a portfolio no. of your work? No, I just said, I mean, to be honest, it was just that 
I've um I've left I'm leaving my job. I was leaving my job in August. This is what I was doing before. They might have seen me carrying a camera bag around every now and then. But I just got talking to them, build a relationship, tell them what I could what I thought what value I could bring to them. And then suddenly they were like, Okay, I'll give it a go and then it worked. They saw results which I said I would get for them and that's yeah. it. And so the credentials were never there. And I think that's that's it really. I mean, you you can have all those grades and stuff, but really it comes down to that person who's hiring you, do they like you and do they believe that you're going to actually deliver on what you say? Mm-hmm. And that's why, and it does, that, it does relate again to jobs because I mean, they say nowadays, Oh, send out these special packages or create a video. I mean, people were doing video CVs was mm-hmm. a massive hype for a little while because yeah. I mean, it's the next level of emotion. It's like, first of all, mm-hmm. you've got that piece of paper, which is like that piece of paper could be anybody in the world really. And yeah. I can print one out today and it could, pretend that I can do whatever mm-hmm. but the video became the next sort of step and everyone was jumping on the bandwagon because that video became that emotional connection where you mm-hmm. see the person you're likely to hire well even bit- if I if I use uh, my industry for example um, there's a thing that's kind of on the rise which is called casting networks which is um, uh, like a thing called like spotlight which where you put your CV and you've got your showreel and thing but what casting networks does which is different is um, you have your CV and you can put videos next to each uh, thing on your CV oh, okay. at, at price. Mm-hmm. So you say, I was in this short film, there's a clip from the short film. I was yeah. in this play, there's a clip from the play. Yeah. Or it can be a picture, so a still from the play or whatever. But also in the skills section, so additional skills actors might have, so like playing the guitar, karate, horse riding, archery, that sort of stuff. You can also put videos next to those. Mm-hmm. So you've essentially got a video CV, except rather than just one long video, you've got there's the here's the actual video of the stuff that might the be print, of interest yeah. to you. Um, but bringing it back to the emotional side, what sort of things should you should you be selling? In a, in a way, in terms of the emotional side, what's how should you approach that if in a job interview situation? I think I think first of all, when you go in there, don't I think the best way. I mean, you said the word sell, but no one likes to be sell, yeah, sold to anyway. That's probably so, a, yeah. a bad word. To yeah, use, it's a bad but... use of word because I think when you go into an interview, really, my main aim is to is kind of. I don't know if that's egotistical or whatever. It's just make that person like me. Make mm-hmm. them go in there yeah. and say, oh, he was a nice guy. He Because at the end of the day, a lot of what people are actually influenced is just do I like that person? Do yeah. I like him? Can I see him working for me? Will we be able to go for lunches? At, will we be able to meet up at lunchtime mm-hmm. and go out, maybe have a drink on a Friday night? Mm-hmm. Like people, that is one of the biggest influences. Then it comes Definitely. to, okay, I like this guy. Now let me look at his CV. Definitely. But that's why they say like, Go knock instead of like sending that CVs willy nilly online. Everyone's doing it. Mm-hmm. Like people are saying, oh, well, why don't you just go and knock on the door? Again, that's a, another opportunity just to go into that company that you maybe want to work for, or mm-hmm. find that customer that you'd like to do work for, and just speak to him and just on a one on one basis. Don't go in there with the idea that I'm going to sell you something. Yeah. Just say, look, hi, I want to introduce myself. This is kind of what I offer. You might be interested. I'm, I'm doing it for these people, or I've done it for these people in the past. Mm-hmm. And suddenly you've got that connection. That person might be like, oh, or you tell them your story. I'm str- I've am i been struggling with a bit of this. And they connect you. You build that bond. And then it comes down to, okay, look, if that person likes you enough, they're going to give you that chance. And then they'll mm-hmm. maybe I need to see your credentials because you're going to be an employee and we need to see those sort of things. Or yeah. maybe they'll give you a chance for two weeks to deliver your service. And that's what you need. It's that emotional connection. I think that's what so important for entrepreneurs or people who are kind of looking for jobs really mm. how can you get that first first level of connection yeah and i hate to keep bringing it back to the acting world but um there's a conversation i was having yesterday with my housemate 
who had met a casting director, producer, writer, I can't quite remember what his role was, but he said, I'm very good friends with James Purefoy, who's an actor who was in Knight's Tale and amongst a lot of other things as well. And he said, and he is a really interesting guy to work with, not because of his acting skill or anything like that, but because he's so knowledgeable about so many different things outside of the acting world that everybody wants to employ him because he's, you know, he's really into politics. He's really into all sorts of different subjects. And so people are like, I'm intrigued by you and what your opinion is. And actually I think you'd be a really good guy to have on set because, you know, people are going to be interested in and engaged with what you want to do. And that's going to kind of transpose onto the work that you do. Um, so I think it, it, the point, the point was it should be, he was saying that any actor should live a life that's more interesting than just your acting work. Mm-hmm. If all you do with your life is your acting work, you're a boring actor and you've got nothing to add to the table. Yeah. And the same thing applies to any other uh, career, really. If all your life revolves around is your career, you don't bring any emotional or interesting experience to what you do. Mm-hmm. And therefore, you've got nothing to add other than your qualifications. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people make friends. I mean, you make friends with someone on the basis that they're, you like them, but you kind of know that they're going to bring give you stuff back. So they might be they might be more confident than you. So you want to find out how he gets more, how he's more confident, or they know a lot about a particular subject. So I want to become friends with that person, mm-hmm. so we can kind of work off each other, and I can pass what I know onto them. So yeah, it's sort of yeah, I like I like what you said there. That's a good example. Yeah. Okay. So let's kind of move this on to products and how big companies might use the emotions um, to kind of sell products and things like that so branding and that sort of thing um could you give us an example well i wrote down the example of um nike because everybody knows nike and we're talking about emotion here and i think nike do amazing adverts they make you literally just become like, a sports star instantly mm-hmm. you if you're wearing a t-shirt you already feel like yeah I'm was it nike like... that did belly's gonna get you yeah yeah it did yeah <laughs> Yeah, yeah, they did like the belly gonna get. Yeah, belly's gonna get. Yeah, they kind of just do really good adverts that really fire people up. And I was thinking, I mean, if you think about their actual their slogan is just mm-hmm. do it. Like a lot of people, when it comes to their own product or when it comes to say, I mean, going for an interview, they kind of focus on okay, um, here's my product. It, I don't know, it'll, it it tracks time or something like that. Mm-hmm. Whereas it says actually that's a really bad example. <laughs> but like with Nike, <laughs> it's just do it. It's yeah. not we are trainers or we're yeah. a comfortable pair of trainers. And so what's so great about it is that the actual slogan sells the emotion that it believes that its product will bring to the person, yeah. not so much physically what it generally does. Yeah. So the example w- with Nike being, uh, if it just do it is the, is their slogan They're They're essentially saying, don't worry about having to know anything. Just put, put on our trainers and just run. Yeah. Just run and you'll be fit. Yeah. Um, so don't worry about all the baggage that comes with it. Don't worry about how exhausted you're going to be or your diet or anything like that. Just get our sports stuff and go. Yeah. Um, so it's motivational in that sense. Um, another example, and it's probably one of the most famous, um, branding campaigns. Um, I think anyway, is the Apple think different campaign, um, where they did the advert, uh, the famous advert with all of the famous people like, 
Gandhi, uh, Martin Luther King, John Lennon, and all that in this advert. And the slogan was "Think Different," um, and that really sold the the value of or the emotional value of um, Apple in the sense that we're not just another computer company. Mm-hmm. We want we think that the people that use our stuff are the sorts of people that can and want to change the world. Mm-hmm. And they, they're different to other people. So automatically you're kind of going, well, I'm not part of the status quo because I own Apple stuff. Yeah. I'm, I'm, be, I'm above or beyond that. And okay, yes, that might, be, might come across as egotistical to some people, but it, uh, it allowed an emotional connection to their products. Plus, I was saying they're kind of selling to you what they believe you want to feel about yourself yeah. in a way. It's kind of yeah. like, like you say, if I've got an iPod, like it was, it was like the, I think I read the story about the headphones, like the white headphones, and mm-hmm. it was there to kind of say, look, I've got a, they're like yeah. advertisement for I'm wearing Apple. Yeah. I'm that kind of guy. And that's why <laughs> um, Steve Jobs decided to emboss the Apple logo on all Apple products. Yeah. Um, was to show everyone, advertise to the world, I have an Apple product. Yeah. And that, I, that's partly why they started to sell really, really well. Was because everybody's going, "Well, yeah, I've got an Apple product. Look at me!" And it became a fashion statement. And that does—that's irrelevant to actually what it does. I mean, it delivers. I mean, that's that's the thing I think people forget as well. Like a lot of these brands deliver first, so they're not—they're yes. not lying. They're not no. actually selling. Like, I mean, they use the slogan as that emotional hook, but the product delivers. Mm-hmm. So people can't be like, "Oh, I'm this person." But I don't deliver, but I'm, I can emotionally connect with you. So you have to have both. Like you have to have a great product yeah. that connects emotionally. Yeah. Well, there's no, there's no point uh, McDonald's using the slogan, keep fit <laughs> yeah. or, or clear your veins yeah. or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, or if, they, if, if, as you say, if McDonald's had just do it, I mean, obviously in the terms of how Nike are using it, yeah. it just wouldn't go because they're not saying like eat faster <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or they, it would just, it wouldn't be right. So yeah. So has to be using context, but yeah. how, so obviously we spoke about interviews earlier or maybe selling your own product. How is a, I mean, somebody who we go right down to really basic job, somebody who walks the dog locally, how are you going to kind of sell a service where you walk dogs in the neighborhood yeah. emotionally when you're just thinking, well, I'm just going around, I'm just going to knock on doors and tell people I'm going to walk dogs. Yeah. That, that's, that's quite a good example because it's simple. So you could, sell it like knock on the door go in uh do you want me to walk your dog i can walk your dog for you yeah i'll be like 10 or an hour yeah and you're probably not gonna get much in terms of people going yeah right yeah whereas if you kind of approach it from you know how long do you spend walking your dog every week yeah um i'll be like oh well probably about two three hours every day maybe 20 minutes a day or yeah, so if you say, okay, well, every week I will walk your dog for 20 minutes um, and I'll charge you, I don't know, let's say 30 quid a week. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not necessarily the best pricing structure, but... So like 20, pound, uh, 20 minutes a day yeah. and I'll charge or you... Or if you say, well, how much, how much do you earn in 20 minutes? Yeah. Okay, so how much would you earn in 20 minutes, would you say? I know, let's just say, example, say 30 pound or 20 pound. 20 pounds in... 20 minutes okay uh i mean rich <laughs> well, that's not exact that's not exact but just say but yeah general. let's say for example i earn 20 pounds in 20 minutes yeah. okay so if you do that five days a week so that's an hour and 40 mm-hmm. so um that's 
five lots of 20 quid. So that's a hundred pounds. So if you say, well, I can save you that hour and 40 minutes. I'll walk the dog for you. Um, You can make your hundred pounds and I'll charge you 40 quid. Mm -hmm. So you're 60 quid better off. Yeah, so you've gone and saved that person time and money and a bit of hassle because sometimes you got to put the li- got to get leaves. You're a bit and dragged around, and sometimes it's raining outside. You're mm-hmm. not feeling it, and you know then you got to come in and have a shower. So you might waste even more time after getting yourself fixed up after the walk, and exactly, and it so kind of splits things up. It's another burden off their shoulders, mm-hmm. and that's the way you should sell it. It shouldn't necessarily be about the the money that they save, but more about the fact your dog's going to be healthy. You don't have to worry about it. It's not something you have to put on your schedule. You can carry on working, doing what you want. And time with the family. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And I'll deal with the dog. Yeah. And see, suddenly, when you approach it like that, where you say, well, yeah, you're saving time. You're going to have more time with your family. Mm -hmm. It's not going to be a burden to you. Suddenly, the value proposition has just shot skyrocketed because for 20 quid or 30 quid a week, and you're going to make that person save that time to be their family, it's just a no-brainer. Yeah. Sorry, just thinking of the EE advert. Yeah, I did as well. I think that's probably <laughs> no why it brainer. came. That's good advertising. <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. Again, they use that in that advert, like no-brainer. That the, the offer's so good that you don't have to think about it. Yeah, and that's very and that's clever emotional well. connection because people don't physically want to think about, oh, this product's... Uh, they don't have to think about what product to buy because everyone's going online comparing. They're saying, look, it's so good that you don't even have to think about it. You don't have to go online and check it all out. It's, it's, it's yeah. great for you. That's yeah. what they're trying to say emotionally. It's as simple as that. Exactly. Yeah. They're not saying it's £10 for 200 minutes and 500 texts and that's yeah. how they're selling it. So, yeah. But, yeah, I, I, think, that's a, I think that's a good example. Mm-hmm. People yeah. need to do that more. <laughs> yeah. So, um, if you're trying to sell a product or even your services, um, what sorts of kind of emotional hooks could you use um, to sell? Whatever it is you're trying to sell. Well, I've been right. reading like a book recently. It's called The $100 Startup. And I think it's a great book. If you've if you got, I mean, it's really cheap. I think it's like £5 or something. I'd definitely say check it out. And basically, in that book, they basically say there's two lots of emotional hooks. The first one is that people, well, actually, there's two categories of emotional hooks. The first one is that people want more. So people want more love. People want more money. People want more acceptance. And people want more free time. And then you've got the second one, which is what people want less of. And those less things are they want less stress, they want less conflict, and they want less hassle, and they want less uncertainty. And so I thought they were just really, really great points because you could literally relate that to any product and they will fall mm-hmm. into one of those categories. Mm-hmm. Like we were saying earlier about the dog walking, that is stress. That is stress. I've got to come home from work, now I've got to walk the dog. It's hassle as mm-hmm. well. So that's two, two categories. And now- but also, by saying that people want more free time, you can say, well... If I walk your dog, you'll have less stress, less hassle, and more free time. Exactly. And which you're going to have more love because you can spend more time with your family. Yeah, or you could use that, that free time to make more money. <laughs> so that's what I'm saying. So your idea has to fall into those categories. Mm-hmm. And then, it's a, again, it goes back. It's a no-brainer for your customer or the employee. If you're saying, this is what I'll deliver for you, which will do all these emotional things, emotional hooks... They're going to say yes. They have to say yes. Then it's not, you're not basing your value on, you're not saying I'm worth £10 an hour. You're saying I deliver all these emotional value to you. So that's why I'm £50 an hour. Mm -hmm. And I think that's just so powerful for people to remember because it's so easy because you do go to school and you come out thinking people want to buy my credentials. People want to, I have to have a, I have to have the higher first class honours. But actually 
people want people. People buy from yeah. people, and it's that emotional connection. Well, if you look at if you look at Dragons Den as well, the amounts of time that the uh, dragons have sat there and gone, I think your idea kind of sucks, but actually, mm-hmm. you are really investable as a person. Mm-hmm. The way you present yourself, your passion, this, that, and the other. So actually, I'm going to make you an offer. I think your idea sucks, but I'm investing in you because I think you can actually turn this into something great. Yeah, so they can already see foresight in that person. You mm-hmm. came up with that idea. It's not the one, but I know that you've got such potential in you that it's inevitable that eventually you're going to come out with the right, the right one, which I'm, which I'm really there to invest in you. Exactly, exactly. And again, that is that emotional hook because most time it is that person comes in there with their backstory. I mean, Levi Roots did it with his source. I don't mm-hmm. know if it was true in the end, but he created that story about his auntie or his someone who gave him the recipe. Yeah. And he, he built up the story, the emotion, the music. It all built up to this massive mm-hmm. emotional. And then suddenly they were like, you have to invest in this guy. He's just so likable. Yeah. He's got so much charisma. And since then, have you? I don't know if you keep an eye on Dragon's Dead, but have you seen how many times people come in with a food product saying... Oh, it's a family recipe that's been handed down from generation no, to generation. But I'm sure they now see through that, and it's kind of like well, they well the problem is is they don't present the story. They just kind of goes, yeah, this is a recipe that's been in the family for generations and generations. So anyway, blah 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 business, blah, blah, business, blah, business, business. Than, here are my credentials. You know, this this is where the idea came from. This is you know who's tried it and like what kind famous of ingredients are they natural? Are they organic? Are exactly. they how are they grown by? Ex, ex-prisoners and stuff like that. Yeah. Like, is there an emotional connection to the product? Yeah, exactly. Um, okay, I think that's a good good. I don't think we could, might have skimmed the surface on a few of those things, but it's just so important to stop basing your kind of, the way you sell yourself, the way you sell your product on those credentials because everybody has credentials. Your, it's you, it's your story that really stands out mm-hmm. and that's what people buy into. Anybody can have a PhD. I know it takes lots of years. I'm not putting it down but there's too many out there so yeah well uh, let's let's put it this way if you were putting yourself in the position of hiring someone okay are you more likely to hire someone with a phd that's a bit of a knob or well now we're someone... going to be explicit in itunes thanks for that <laughs> sorry <laughs> sorry we can we can beat that up uh, um or are you more likely to hire someone with an ma who's actually a really really likable guy it's true. Which one would you go for? Yeah, I'd go for the MA because I like him. I see that he's going to connect with me. We're going to work together a lot better. Mm-hmm. So it's a no-brainer. A no-brainer. <laughs> <laughs> we'll take commissions from EE for that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, let's start to wrap it up then. So in terms of what steps people can take um, in order to kind of focus more on emotions than credentials, um, Jem, what do you think people should do? I thought you're the one that usually sort of breaks down oh, the action steps. Okay. I, I like well, to do. I can... We've got to keep it. We've got to keep it in order. All right. We have all a structure. Right. Well, you've got you've got the quote coming. I'm up always in a on the quotes. Right. You're the all action right. step guy. Sort it out, Wayne. <laughs> sorry, sorry. <laughs> Upsetting the status quo. So, action steps. Then, um, the first thing is that you should really have a clear value proposition. Um, so the hook um, to your customer or your employer's emotions, and not an explanation for why you're great. So what can you bring to the team, for example, in terms of, you know, do you bring good team spirit? Do you... uh, Motivate others. Motivate others, exactly. As opposed to, well, I spent two years working for 
I don't know. I went to Oxford. I'm a genius. Just yeah. hire me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, the next one is understand that everything that really sells comes down to either a deep pain or a deep desire. They always say, again on Dragon's Den, but in other, all schools of business say, if you're not solving a problem, then you haven't got a product. Find the pain. Find the pain or the desire. Because Coca-Cola doesn't sell a problem. But sell a problem? Solve a problem. But it solves first. It, well, that's true. It does solve first. <laughs> but, but it doesn't, doesn't solve a health problem, for example. Yeah. But people enjoy it. And yeah. that's why people buy it. Yeah. Because there's loads of other drinks that solve first much better than Coca-Cola. Yeah. But people enjoy Coca-Cola. But it's changing because obviously now these health stuff's coming up. People are finding like, oh, my life's going to be short. I'm not going to have love with my mm-hmm. family. Suddenly, I'm not going to be around for my family. And the Coca-Cola the brand changes. has really dropped on the rankings. I don't know if you've yeah. noticed that. So what's, what's the final so action the step? the final step <laughs> is don't get too bogged down with trying to be innovative. Find ways to be useful. Nice. I think they're good. I like I that. think so. So should I uh, wrap it up with the end quote? Yes, go ahead. So the end quote is, the key to mastering any kind of sales is switching statements about you, how great you are and what you do to statements about them. And that's by Jeffrey Gittemer. Good. You happy with that? That's perfect. (laughs) Excellent. And um, any book recommendations, Jim? So, as I said, I mentioned The $100 Startup. I think that's a really great book. It's really cheap. And it talks about a lot of people who have actually started business on less than $100. So that is really pretty. It's a really, really great book. And a lot of some of the content that's come out of today's podcast is actually from there. So check it out. You can get it at powerfulnonsense.com slash books. We do get a small commission on that. It's not much, but um, it will it will help us out. And um, there's another book, which I think I've read probably a couple of months back now. It's called The Little Red, Red Book of Sales. And then when I initially bought this book, I thought it was going to be really, really salesy, really businessy. But actually... The guy, Jeffrey Gitmer, who was on the last quote, he really talks about that emotional sell, not that sort of set old school sales. So it's called The Little Red Book of Sales. Check it out. It's, it's impressive. Cool. OK. Um, and as always, if there's anything that you'd like us to discuss or if you've got any feedback on the show, because it's more your show than it is ours. Let's face it. It's more yeah. for you than it is for us. So if you've got anything you want us to discuss, you can email us. You can email me at wayne at powerfulnonsense.com. And if you want to email Jem, it's um, at C-K-Y-I-L-D-I-Z. That's your Twitter. Oh, I'm, 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 I'm thinking ahead. I'm so ahead of the ahead. game. That I'm just so... <laughs> well, that's Jem's Twitter. If they want to email you, Jem. It's Jem at powerfulnonsense.com. And how do you spell Jem? C-E-M. Just checking. Um, so obviously you've already got Jem's Twitter handle, which is C K Y I L D I Z, and my Twitter handle is Wayne underscore Ingram. That's I N G R A M. Um, also, Jem, you're launching a nice little ebook. Yeah. So basically, I'm sort of put together a short ebook, which I'll be giving away. It's called Status Go, and it's it's the 10 le- ten unlearnings for the digital economy and it's basically a lot of what i've been reading over say the past year or two about where i think where i believe things are moving you might find it useful i'll be giving away free on powerfulnonsense.com in the coming week so definitely uh keep checking up to see when it's out and i'd really appreciate it if you can download it and uh really and let me know what you think 
awesome stuff and uh with regard to letting people know what you think uh if you like what you're hearing please do post a review on itunes um to help support the show and help us boost the profile of what we're doing we're still in the top 10 i believe for business and careers uh in itunes in new and noteworthy um and if we can keep pushing that up to the top that would be fantastic it really does uh, help the show and help us boost and improve what it is that we're doing and most importantly bring value to all you guys that are listening just before we end i was going to say when just to give people a bit more update about what we do because i think i know sometimes you might come across that we're sort of ahead we, we know what we do and we're running businesses mm-hmm. we're big shots i just thought it'd be nice just to explain where we are and um just give people examples that we are actually learning ourselves. Like yeah. we're not saying to people that this is exactly, it's going to work for you. It's going to, we're, we're learning ourselves basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we're kind of bringing our insights and our experiences to you guys and kind of how we think the world is working. And we're trying these things out as well as, as we're kind of saying it to you guys. Um, but hopefully, you know, for some of you, there might be some revelatory stuff that's a really hard word to say. Revelatory. And don't ask me. Um, <laughs> hopefully, some things that will let you, will help you guys have some sort of eureka moment as well. Um, so yeah, very good idea to flag that one up, Jen. Um, so thanks again for all of you that continue to listen and support the show. Um, we'll be recording a new episode for next week very soon. Cool, and we'll so- see you soon, and have a great week. Yes, catch you next.